And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Jiskler here, man. This week has flown by. Absolutely flown by. We've got a fun show coming your way at noon. We're going to have Brandon Brown of Terrebonne High School Basketball. We'll be chatting with Brandon about uh, his team, uh, the summer plans for his team, some of the things they're looking to get accomplished over at Terrebonne. It was a really good basketball season for the Tigers last year, and we'll have Brandon on to talk about all that and more. Then at 12.15, we will have on um, B.J. Young, South Lavouche High School football. We'll be chatting with B.J. Um, about you know the Tarpon summer plans and when do they start 7-on-7 seven seven and when do they start their off-season workouts and everything. I'm sure I think they're on a little bit of a break right now. Uh, of off-season workouts or whatever it may be, and then they'll be getting you know full steam ahead, rocking and rolling, 100%, um, getting ready to roar into August whenever you start fall camp. Today, <clears throat> I've got my mailbag. I'll get some questions answered from you guys, <clears throat> and we'll talk about all sorts of things happening in the world of local sports, college sports, and everything in between. Last night, I had the opportunity to watch uh, South Lafouche uh, baseball. That would be the Silver Kings. Had the chance to watch them play Terrebonne, which is Wilson's Oysters in the Swampland. Swampland opening day last night. Actually, opening day for 90% of the teams is today, but South Lafouche and Terrebonne moved their game up to Wednesday because Terrebonne has graduation. Um, So South Lafouche was playing Terrebonne in a six-inning game. Tarpons actually got a walk-off victory and looked pretty good. Terrebonne looked pretty good too, man. Like, look for a Swampland game. That was a well-played game, right? That was a very well-played game. Both teams played hard. Both teams competed through strikes. Played, you know, serviceable defense at times. Um, and it was a it was a clean game. It was a good opportunity for the teams to get some work. Tarpons got a walk-off win in the bottom of the sixth inning, five to four, and take care of business there. So. Um, a lot happening, man. Like that's just kind of the message, I guess, of the first part of the show is that there are a lot of people who are saying, well, you know, it's May and it's the end of May and school's over. Um, you know, what are you guys going to be talking about on play by play? I'm not nervous about that at all. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff for us to talk about on play by play. We're going to be covering Swampland pretty heavily. We're going to be talking about seven on seven football. We're going to be talking about summer basketball. We're going to be having all these coaches on throughout the summer because you guys got to also realize and understand there's a whole slew of coaches in the area that we struggle to have on here on play-by-play because they teach like core subjects and stuff during the school day, right? There's a whole slew of coaches in the area that I would love to have on as regular guests, but that I can't because whenever I text them, they're like, ah, you know, bro, I'm giving, you know, a biology test right now. Um, you know, so it, it is difficult to get some of the coaches on be, just because of their jobs, right? So over the summer, we'll be able to get some more voices here. We'll be able to chat with more people, and we're going to be able to keep that conversation rolling, and it's going to be, I think, a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to uh, to have some some fun and, and you know, get some more uh, clips and continue to expose those kids and uh, shine light on those kids and, and, and spotlight them for the great work that they're doing. Now... Usually we lead off, excuse me, talking some uh, high school. And in lieu of there being a whole lot of high school going on, 
And because there is such uh, an important thing happening right now in Lake Charles, we're going to talk about Nichols Baseball. And by the way, Nichols Baseball will be playing Lamar today at 2.30. You'll be able to hear the game right next door across the hall on ESPN 100.3. First pitch is 2.30. Pre-game will start about 2.15. Jack Benjamin's out there in Lake Charles. The Colonels are in the winner's bracket trying to punch that ticket forward, trying to win the Southland Conference Championship. Yesterday, they won a thriller. A thriller. 3-2 to two over McNeese. <clears throat> punch that ticket forward and move on to the next round. The game was tied at two in the sixth inning and then stayed tied at two all the way until the 14th inning when the Colonels finally were able to walk it off. Edgar Alvarez pokes the ground ball through the right side, scores Calora, went, the Colonels win a three to two game. Couple of things here from the Nichols baseball perspective is that, look, we've said this a couple of times now, right? <clears throat> Everyone in the Southland Conference is about the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. The difference between Nichols and McNeese is not a whole lot, despite McNeese being the sixth seed, despite Nichols being the one seed. The difference between Nichols and UNO or Nichols and Incarnate Word or whatever team you want to compare them to is not a lot, right? So you're entering as the number one seed, but we know there's a lot of parity here, right? And we know that, you know, there's not going to be any game in this entire tournament that Nichols is going to be clearly head and shoulders better than the other team, clearly a decisive favorite. So they're going to have to out-execute their opponent, right? And they did it last night. One of the ways that you win a conference tournament-type game is by not giving anything away for free. Nichols played 14 innings of baseball last night committed one error played 14 innings of baseball last night didn't issue a single walk played 14 innings of baseball last night and every time they needed a big play they got one they needed a big strikeout they got it if they needed a pop-up on the infield they got it <clears throat> and that's just what this team has done all year they execute they find ways to win. They're gutsy. They're gritty. They do the things that they have to do. And it's a team now that won, frankly, a must-win game. It was a must-win game. for. And look, especially when you get into like the 9th, 10th, 11th innings, that becomes even more so of a must-win game. Because you used a lot of pitching last night to get where you needed to go. DeSandro, 72 pitches. Nico Salta-Fromaggio, 65 pitches. Kate Evans, 39 pitches. All those guys probably aren't available today. Gailey should be good to go through 13. <clears throat> but you used a lot of weaponry. And when you use that much weaponry, you better make sure that you're, you stay driving the smooth road. Because if you start burning up that much pitching and then have to go to the loser's bracket and put yourself in a spot where you got to win more games and play more games? Uh-uh. If Nichols would have lost last night, they would be done. Much in the same way that McNeese, who lost last night, is now done. McNeese is cooked. McNeese, in the playing game, used their ace, the Southland Conference Pitcher of the Year. Cooked him. He's done. 
Yesterday, Ty Abraham, 80 pitches done. Christian Vega, 86 pitches done. Derek Cherry, 44 pitches done. They don't have enough pitching to go forward and survive this. So last night, as the, the midnight oil was burning and the game was bleeding into 11.30, 11.45, midnight, finally ended, I believe, at 12.03, when we finally got to the conclusion, that was my takeaway. It wasn't, you know, oh, my God, you know, what a game. You know, kudos, Nichols, great job. It wasn't none of that. Sure, we were happy for the Colonels, and we want nothing but the best for the Colonels. But my takeaway from it was, if you would have lost that game, you were done. That was a must-win situation. If you would have burned that much pitching and come up short, you wouldn't have had a chance. Especially considering the turnaround. McNeese is already back out on the field playing right now. Right? Game ended less than 12 hours ago. They're already back out on the field playing UIW in a must-win you know, elimination game. So it's going to be very exciting, very entertaining to see how it shakes out. 215 over across the hall on ESPN 100.3. Jack Benjamin does a great job. He's going to be bringing you all the action. If you are a subscriber to ESPN Plus, you want to watch the game, it's going to be available there also. Um, there are ways to sync it up where you could do both. You don't want to listen to the you know the national ESPN Plus guys. You could sync up your video with your radio. You could hear Jack giving the call. Um, while watching the game on your iPad or whatever it may be. So that'll be coming later today. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll talk some LSU baseball because the Tigers got a big win yesterday. <clears throat> now they got a big opportunity to take on Arkansas today. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa, or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe, effective, guaranteed. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. 
education, prevention, care. At Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute, we're committed to impacting future generations through promoting healthcare education and disease prevention. Our team specializes in athletic injury prevention and post-care, using the latest techniques to help athletes perform at their best and stay in the game or get them back in action. Discover more about how Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute provides healthcare for our community at tghealthsystem.com. Breaking news from the world of LSU basketball. Um, the LSU men's basketball team is kind of shaking the tree a little bit. They get a transfer portal commitment today from Damian Collins, a six foot nine inch, two hundred and ten pound forward who transfers from the University of Kentucky. Collins was a former McDonald's All American, played two seasons at Kentucky really never was able to consistently find the floor at Kentucky. Um, But Collins is a guy who now will land in Baton Rouge, try to get a change of scenery, try to get a spark, uh, and find himself here in Baton Rouge. He's a guy who had kind of a rough go in Kentucky, and some of it wasn't always his doing. Um, And John Calipari said as much whenever Collins entered the transfer portal. He tweeted and he said, and we quote, Damian Collins had a year I wouldn't wish on anyone, and he's been through more than any player should, including losing his grandfather in the last week. He's a talented player and a good person with a bright future. Damian Collins and his family know that I'll always be there for them. So sometimes when, you know, you see a guy leave a place like Kentucky, you wonder like, well, you know, maybe is the kid just a bad apple? Maybe, you know, you know, why it, it didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? You know, is he not coachable? Is he, you know, did he not get along with, with Calipari? Or those were not any of the instances here with Damian Collins. It sounds like, you know, hey, the kid just went through some personal stuff, was never quite able to fully lock in and fully click out of Kentucky. Now he's got to change the scenery. And it's an LSU men's basketball team that look, they're not getting the acclaim nor the accolades of the women's team, right? And understandably so, right? Understandably so. They're not getting the, the acclaim of, of the women's team because the women's team's fresh off of a national championship, right? We understand that. Um, but it is a men's team that is putting together some solid work on the recruiting trail. <clears throat> they have done some really nice things on the recruiting trail, some things that should be a cause frankly, for optimism going forward. You look now in the transfer portal, they have added in addition to uh, Damian Collins from Kentucky. They've added Hunter Dean, a 6'10 transfer from George Washington. Carlos Stewart, Will Baker, big seven-footer. Jalen Cook, who was an all-conference player. Tulane, Jordan Wright, who was a solid SEC piece at Vanderbilt. So Coach McMahon is adding guys that are going to be impactful. And that was, I think, where they messed up last year is that they added guys who, oh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without offending people, but they added small conference guys who were putting up some stats. 
and that really never was going to work because small conference basketball isn't the same as SEC basketball, right? Was adding, you know, a, a post player from Northwestern State, and the guy, the kid, never even sniffed contributing at like not disrespecting Northwestern State, I'm not disrespecting the Southland, but it's a different level. You need SEC level dudes to be able to win in the SEC. You need a guy who was a former McDonald's All-American and a former four-star recruit. You need Jordan Wright, a guy who's contributed for multiple years at Vanderbilt. You need Jalen Cook, who was a former four-star recruit, a guy who initially signed with LSU, then kind of meshed with Will Wade, went in Tulane, was dominant, and now he's back at LSU. You need guys like that if you're going to have SEC-level success, right? <clears throat> the Jimmys and Joes got to match the expectations of the job and going and getting very small conference transfers last year I think from Matt McMahon was a mistake um, and it looks like he's learned from that mistake going forward now talking some LSU baseball as we uh, transition into what our segment was originally supposed to be about the Tigers got a 10 to 3 win over South Carolina yesterday it was the 400th career win for Jay Johnson um, I talked about this yesterday as the game went final because remember the game was happening while we were live on the air a lot to be optimistic about when you're having this type of a win. You're in a conference tournament, which is a high-pressure situation to begin with. You don't have Ty Floyd pitching, who's your number two guy. You don't have Paul Skeens, who's your number one guy and who's the best pitcher in the country. And you're just kind of throwing your your restants, as we say in Southeast Louisiana. Just throwing your, your other guys. <clears throat> and it's... Your other guys this year that have been kind of the problem, right? Because outside of Skeens and Floyd, you haven't had a whole lot of reliability from anybody else on the team. But yesterday, you roll out a couple of lesser knowns, a couple of unprovens against a South Carolina offense that, frankly, is really good. It's one of the better offenses in the SEC. A team that's hit a ton of home runs. like They could score in bunches. And outside of one inning where they kind of left hurt in too long and it kind of went AWOL for a second, you boxed them up. You absolutely boxed them up. They didn't have any sort of run or any sort of momentum. Outside of the sixth inning when they got two runs and frankly threatened to score more, LSU was in a big jam and, and you know, they, they got out of that big jam, got, you know, uh, I believe a pop-up and then a strikeout. To get out of it. Um, their offense never really threatened. They had five hits in the game. Like you bottled them up. You locked them down. And the reason why you bottled them up and you locked them down <clears throat> is because you didn't give anything away for free. Thatcher heard five and one thirds innings pitched two walks, faced 22 batters, and gave up two walks. We could live with that, right? We could live with that. Ackenhausen, he was a little more wild. Three and two-thirds, three walks. As a team, he gave up six walks. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about baseball, bro. If you give up a walk here or there, it's not the end of the world. But the problem with LSU pitching this year has been that once it... It bites, 
it bites to the bone. And what we didn't see yesterday is, you know, a mistake be made and then the pitcher walks five in a row. If every once in a while you issue a two-out walk or a one-out walk or, you know, a, a leadoff walk even, it's not the end of the world. The problem is fighting back when it happens. And that's been the issue that the LSU team has not been able to kick really all year. Is that whenever they lose command or whenever they commit an error or whenever they get called for a balk or whatever it may be, they struggle to battle back from it. And then they make another mistake on top of that. And then a third mistake. And then before you know it, the bases are loaded. There's no outs and they're cleanup hitters batting. And you're in a whole mess of trouble. Then Jake goes and brings in a reliever who's inheriting the bases loaded with nobody out, and then that kid's nervous, and it just snowballs. And yesterday, what we saw, and what was the most impressive thing about the game from LSU's perspective, is that when there was a little adversity, when South Carolina would go on some little rallies, and they would get a couple of base runners, it never snowballed. They just kept playing, kept pitching, kept getting outs. And to me, I kind of hinted it yesterday, but having, you know, 24 hours to think about it now, that was your most impressive win of the entire season. To beat up on a South Carolina team that's really good, that's going to host a regional and just roll over them by seven runs without Floyd and without schemes, throwing your rest on that's the most impressive showing this team has had all year. And now, you have a national seed locked up. Even if you lose the next two games in Hoover, you're going to be a top eight national seed. Now it's time to go get greedy. You're playing Arkansas today. Paul Skeens is very likely going to be on the mound. It is his one week of rest today. Go get it. If you beat Arkansas, a team that is ranked higher than you somehow because college baseball top 25 riders, apparently, I'm not even going to go there, but it's a team that has about the same record as you that you beat two out of three times. I don't know how, how or why they'd be ranked higher than you, but that's neither here nor there. A team that got swept by Georgia, uh, who's not very good. That's the thing. That's what pisses me off about these top 25 rankings. LSU would have a, a hiccup or a bump in the road here and there, and it was, oh my God, they can't be number one anymore. Oh no. Uh, oh my gosh, LSU, we got to move them down. And the teams that they were putting ahead of LSU have bigger warts on their ass than LSU actually does. Arkansas got swept by Georgia. Georgia's terrible. Guy, Arkansas got swept by them. I don't know why Arkansas is ranked higher than LSU, but they are. But now it's an opportunity for Skeens to go and beat them, potentially. Then you move back above them, at least I would think, and then you could get greedy. You go and get deep into this SEC tournament, you have a chance to be the number one overall seed again. There are a lot of fans who may be thinking to themselves, hey, I don't want to be the number one overall seed. I don't want that pressure. I don't want that bullseye. That's okay, too, but... You're now playing with house money because you have your national seed locked up. The focus for LSU for the rest of the weekend is A, stay healthy, B, play clean baseball, C, build pitching depth. Over the next couple of days, I want to see Gavin Guidry have a good inning or two on the mound in Hoover. I want to see him throw strikes. I want to see him get outs. 
I want to see Riley Cooper have a good inning or two on the mound. I want to see those other guys have some good innings. On the offensive side, I haven't talked about offense at all. I want to see more guys putting the ball in play. Yesterday, you only struck out six times. That's good for LSU. Strikeouts are kind of an issue for LSU. I want to see more guys putting it in play. I want to see the guys at the bottom of the lineup getting on base, setting up the top of the lineup, Dylan Cruz, Pearson, White, Morgan, and all those big monsters up there at the top. If you do all of those things, you're going to be really happy with the results because I still contend today. And maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm you know looking at it with purple and gold, shaded glasses, whatever you want to say. I still think LSU's best game is the best game of anybody in the country. It's just a matter of making sure that when the NCAA tournament starts that they're actually playing their best game. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to Brandon Brown of Terrebonne High School. Wags Brandon about his team's summer and some of the things they're looking to get accomplished. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving LaFouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. (laughs) 
I'm over here laughing, man. I call up Brandon Brown, who's our guest on the phone lines right here. I would say, yo, coach, you know, hey, what's going on, man? What's good? You doing all right? You know, you ready to come on? He's like, ready for what? <laughs> we finally got it squared away. Brandon forgot that we'd booked him earlier this morning. Coach, I'm not going to ask you any hard questions, man. We'll make this happen, man. How you doing? Coach, you with us? Coach Brown, hello? I don't think we've lost Brandon here. Let me see if we could. You know what? Let's let's pause here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick pause here, and I'll figure out how we could get Brandon Brown on the line. It is play by play. Uh, let let's take a quick break here, and then we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Play by Play. Sorry about that. We had a connection issue with Coach Brandon Brown, but I think we got him on the line now. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing? You hear us now? Yes, sir. Uh, all is well. Good to be on with you. Awesome, awesome. Sorry about that, man. Look, we uh, we were going to ask you about your summer, and we were going to see how everything was going with your team. Um, Padna, what are some things you guys are looking to get accomplished in the summer months, man? Uh, just getting bigger, faster, and stronger. You know, we lost our, our muscle. Coach, you with us? Can you hear me? Yeah, now I got you. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah, you said you're trying to get bigger, faster, stronger? Hello? Hey, Coach, you got us? Yeah, you didn't You didn't hear me at first? I'm sorry, guys. No, it's all good, man. I guess we're just having some connection issues. Stuff happens with the phone sometimes. But, yeah, I asked you what your plans were for the summer, and all I heard was we're going to get bigger, faster, stronger, then it's like it cut out. That's the main thing right there. We're getting bigger, faster, and stronger because we, we lost our muscle with uh, Remy Bethencourt and Kobe Jones, and we're trying to get the younger guys to beef up a little bit and better their conditioning so we can maybe uh, switch up our style of play. Awesome, awesome. So tell me about that, man. Those You guys do lose the big fella in the middle, but you have some guys coming back. I mean, Kylan's going to be back, got some of your other guards back. So you do have a good mix of production that's coming back. Yeah, most definitely. It's just that... Uh, you know, we we can always rely on that muscle with Remy and Kobe. You know, and but now those guys can't uh, rely on them. So we're just gonna have to do tweak a few things. And we know we're gonna have our stud in Colin Billiot, but he's dealing with a lot of football things right now. So you know, he's gonna be all right to miss some some workouts to deal with football and his seven on seven stuff. But 
that's more time for those uh, young eighth graders coming tonight to get some work in, and those freshman guys from last year to get some work in as well. So we in here grinding. I'm in the gym right now at half court talking to you. So it is, it's good to uh, be here in the summer and help the kids get better. Buddy, you told me just a minute ago, you said maybe change up our style of play a little bit. Are we looking at maybe a little more, uh, you know, extending the defense, maybe a little more pushing the tempo, knowing that the team's not going to have quite as much size? Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe there's also some five-out motion and things like that, just uh, submitting to the uh, more of uh, the, the modern style right now, you know, so I got to give up my old school days with some pick-and-roll stuff. So, But I'm, I don't mind adapting and, uh, you know, just, just giving my guys the best opportunity to score. Are you playing in any sort of team camps or anything like that? You know, tell us about what the summer's going to look like in terms of on-court work. Uh, we're going to have a lot of little freshman scrimmages. And uh, first up for our junior varsity and varsity, we're going to take on the uh, uh, state run-ups, Crescent City Christian, on this, this upcoming uh, Thursday. And, uh, you know, continue to just play some good teams. We're going to the Tulane camp. Uh, we're going to go to uh, possibly Northwestern camp and the uh, H.L. Bourgeois team camp. That's what I have on the uh, list right now. And then we're going to finish it with the uh, – the Hoop Fest out in New Orleans, that uh, 64-team tournament out there, just to give our guys a test to see what they can do against the top team. How do you guys approach the summer? Because I'm always curious. Some coaches will say, hey, I'm playing everybody. If we win, awesome. If we lose, you know, hey, whatever. Other coaches will say, man, you know what? To hell with that. If they put in the scoreboard on, I want to go and I want to win, and I want to teach my guys how to win. How do you guys handle it at Terrebonne High? I'm, I'm a little mixture of both. Um, if you come to uh, – summer workouts you work hard you're going to play you know but also i want you to come on the court and execute i'm not going to hunt those wins but they're there we're definitely going to draw some things to execute my main thing is we i'm only playing man-to-man defense all right i'm giving you a skeleton offense that i want to see your iq and see what i need to build upon and not going to overload you with sets and, and concepts just teach you some things have you go out there and play against competition so you can build up your competitiveness and see what you need to ultimately work on. So it's just a, a snapshot of what players can see on film and what they can not hear me yap about or they can see for themselves that they need to work on. Brother, you told me at times last year, um, you know, man, hey, we're good and I'm super proud, but I, I just wish the buy-in would be a little better and, you know, maybe some issues with practice attendance and different things like that. So far with this group, has that been better? Casey, you know, I'm always, I'm always uh, transparent, but uh, no, no. I just had to cancel the freshman game uh, for Tuesday because we only had three incoming freshmen that showed up today. And uh, I'm not one to reward uh, you with the game because you're an extension of me. I'm not going to just go out there and just roll the ball out and play. So uh, that's still a little uh, issue that we got to commit to, but I do understand it's the summertime and kids want to relax, but – Again, if you want something, you gotta uh, you gotta risk something and sacrifice. So, I'm not gonna be an old Scrooge, but you know you gotta have a commitment somewhere uh, to play this game of basketball. No doubt, man. And look, man, what I'm gonna ask you now, we're gonna we're gonna laugh about. It. I saw the other day, um, you know, there's a there's a men's league out in Morgan City, and I saw they were putting like some stats or whatever. And there was a name on the stat sheet that I recognized. It was old Brandon Brown. You still got a little bit of tread on the tires, bro. So you've been playing pretty well this summer. 
Uh, yeah, I definitely. I'm, I'm hard on myself. I can play much better. I know I'm probably averaging about 17 points a game, but I'm leaving about 10 points a game because of my uh, lack of conditioning and uh, uh, hustle. But uh, I still can do it on the offensive end and on stretches on the defensive end. But uh, I'm hard on myself. I still can play with the young guys, but I'm a perfectionist, and I need. I know I need to do better. But I'm still at it, and uh, I'm paying for it right now. My legs hurt, but uh, – <laughs> I still can get out of it. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, you guys got a couple of weeks uh, of you know June basketball where you're going to be getting after it hard. What are some of your goals and some things you're trying to get accomplished in that summer leading into the start of school? Oh, uh, just my, my my main goal is not about wins. It's improving each day with our man to man defense, and that's going to be the, the staple of our team. Understanding how we can switch from dome to man being aggressive, keeping our man's in front of us at times, and that's it. That's that's my main focus, getting better on the defensive end with those incoming eight graders. Uh, well, eight going to ninth uh, uh, graders, I want to make sure they understand the game of basketball and what it takes. Not can I make a shot and hope it go in. It's just understanding what I can do on a consistent basis and making that a part of my game. And, and uh hiding our weaknesses right now until we can improve on Brandon, I'm so anxious to ask you this question because I'm so curious your answer. You were a high-level post player, played at just about every level that there was to play. You were an old-school post player, banging and, you know, dirty work, rebounding and all that good stuff. Today the position has changed to where we've got a dude in the NBA Finals who's getting 34 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists. He's the point guard on offense. He's the center on defense. Like, how do you judge and how do you look at these new post players and, and see what they're doing compared to the way the position used to be played when you were at your peak? No, I'm a big fan of Jokic. Uh, I, I like how, how it's transformed uh, and how they take advantage of having that ball on top of the key and making so many decisions Yeah. Um, and having that ball at the elbow, making so many decisions. I love that. You know, I'm a guy who, who loves to bang and things like that, but if that kind of what, what Jokic is doing, I love it. All the, the guys shooting uh, low percentage threes, I'm not a big fan of that. And what, what a lot to, to understand is I know that NBA is a lot about entertainment as well. But for me, when you are banging on somebody, that takes so much life out of them on the offensive end. And I feel that we, we got away from that. Like just, 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 bro, just putting your body and your weight on the guy just just defeats them and it's too much of entertainment and not going back to the actual competition of the game of basketball and look i i agree 100 percent, man and, and that leads me to the next question is it's so much fun watching the miami heat play because they don't have a whole lot of that entertainment value they just play the right way it's a bunch of guys that nobody else wanted, but they all have a specific role. They can make shots. They could defend or whatever it may be. Then you got a star player who's just an absolute dog in Jimmy Butler. And Boston learned the hard way earlier in the series that when you poke that bear, that bear's going to bite your head off. Now, they still got one more game to win, but it has been very refreshing to see kind of the old-school su superstar in Jimmy Butler have some success just playing good, fundamentally sound basketball. Of course, competitiveness and will is a pleasure to see. You can see that uh, his teammates are an extension of him and it's in the coaching staff that they're playing 
so hard. And it's almost like, you know, that, that walk-on in college where you got the, uh, the, the starters and the, and the star players saying, hey, man, you need to chill out. That's what I think that the Celtics <laughs> are saying. That, hey, 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 you're not supposed to be playing this hard. You're supposed to be playing with skill. And Miami's saying, no, we're doing everything it takes to win. We're passing, cutting, offensive rebounding, attacking you in transition. And, and it's, it's so wonderful to watch that, that uh, just competitiveness and passion for the game is – is coming back, and Jimmy Butler is also leading the show with his, his just having that edge and then that chip on his shoulder. It's great. I hope they close it out, but uh, I'm again, I'm a Warriors hater, so long as the Warriors out, uh, uh, I'm cool with whoever wins. You and me both, brother, and look, we're, we're rare. There are not a whole lot of, of them like us, but look, I got to tell you, on, on, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally saying this tongue-in-cheek. You got to at least be kind of sort of rooting for Boston a little because, man, you're going to have to get your assistant coach some therapy if not. I know. I, I've been keeping my distance from him a little, in a little bit. I, uh, <laughs> I know that he is on edge. So, uh, but, again, uh, if they win, it's because they deserve to win. The way they're playing right now, they just playing off skill and off no hustle, and they got the guys that can do it. So, if Miami uh, comes with it, and they deserve it. But if uh, Boston changed these things around, I doubt it. But, uh, you know, I'm rooting for Miami. So, sorry, Coach, if you're hearing this, <laughs> I'm going for the heat. No doubt, brother. Brandon, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll chat again throughout the summer, all right? I appreciate it, Casey. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. That is Brandon Brown doing an excellent job. I always love talking basketball with him, man. Look, all of our coaches in the area know basketball, right? <clears throat> but it's a little different when you like played pro basketball and like you know some of these guys. He's always got such great answers. And another thing, and I hope that he has a chance to listen back to this because I mean this sincerely. I respect so much that he comes on here and he just says what it is. It would be easy, you know, whenever I ask you about your buy-in on your team and your practice attendance, it'd be so easy to just say, oh yeah, it's better. Um, but that not necessarily be the case. He comes on here every opportunity he gets, and he tells us the truth. And I respect so much his coming on here and just saying, hey, um, yeah, our guys still are not going to practice regularly, and, you know, we're still having issues with attendance, and, you know, our buy-in's got to be better. Our locker room's got to be... I, I respect so much his ability and willingness to come on here and tell us tell it to us like it is. That's not something that most coaches would do, but it is something that sometimes needs to be done to spark and inhibit change. And I just wanted, you know, I want to make sure that he knows how much I appreciate and respect that attitude of, you know, hey, I'm gonna tell it to you like it is. There's no secrets. Well, you know, we'll 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 make sure that the message gets out there. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'm gonna get to my Questions. We've got our mailbag. I'll be answering some questions from you guys. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick break. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed education prevention care 
The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. My bad, y'all. I was over here going to commercial break, and I said, oh, we're coming back with the mailbag. No, we're not coming back with the mailbag. I completely forgot that we had B.J. Young lined up. B.J.'s on the phone lines now. We've got him situated. Coach Young, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing well, man. How are y'all? Doing good, bro. Look, um, you know, you said a minute ago when we were talking, you know, spending a little time with the family today. I want to ask you about that, bro. You guys work super hard, long hours. You see your players more than you see your own sometimes. And for the regular mom and dad, you know, maybe a little trip to Homa to go watch a movie or grab a bite, whatever. We take that for granted. But for a coach, like, that's precious family time. I'm sure you're cherishing that, man. Yeah, man. You know, you're around the game a lot, and you put a lot of time in any, you know, any spare moments. You try to spend it with your family a little bit and, and uh, kind of get out and do some stuff. Uh, got a birthday party coming up next week, so go and, you know, run some errands and eat a little bit in Homa. So, um Looked a little bad on the weather early, but looks like it cleared up, so it should be a pretty day. Awesome. Happy to hear that. We thank you so much for spending some time with us through that family time. Um, summer's about ready to be rocking and rolling, bro. You guys are going to be hitting the weights hard, getting bigger, faster, stronger, doing all the typical summer stuff. Are you guys hitting it this week, or did you guys give the the kids a little bit of a break after spring? What's it looking like? Yeah, we, we, we try to um... – play it out so we don't burn, burn anybody out you know so you kind of you're asking them for their the, you know from december to the to, through the end of may to give you 100 percent you know every day in the way running into spring football so we give them this week to kind of recharge their batteries get away from it for a little bit um you know and then be able to come back next monday and uh ready to go you know uh because you know from pretty much until then from next monday until you know through november is pretty much uh pedal to the metal so uh, we try to build in some breaks here and there throughout the summer, but I know our kids are excited, man. They're really looking forward to it. Um, you know, carried a little bit of momentum from the spring game uh, in, in, into the summer, so I know they were itching at the bit to get back to it. So, uh, yeah, man, we're excited for it. What are some things you guys are realistically looking to get accomplished in the weight room in the next couple of months? Is it more of, you know, getting the kids' as maxes higher? Or like, what are some of the specific areas that you guys pinpoint to try to get the kids faster and stronger? Yeah, look, I think I think we made some some good gains um, from where we were at the end of the season to where we are now. You know, you don't you don't want to uh, you know obviously when you come back after that week, it's gonna be a little bit of soreness. I think for some of them, uh, got to be able to push through that and get some of that lactic acid out. But 
you know, you, you want to keep growing, man. I, I, the jumps won't be as drastic as they were, you know, basically because you, you, you were held out of the weight room storm and all of that stuff. So, you know, the jumps you made from then to now were, were bigger. Um, so you can't you don't get discouraged because the jumps might be a little smaller because you're starting to kind of get back, um, you know, putting the muscle on your body and, you know, building up your, uh, your conditioning and stuff like that. But it's going to be hot. Um, you know, sometimes it won't be super fun, right, to be out there running when, it, when it's when it's 100 degrees and, and, and then go in the weight room and lift for an hour and then have to go do some football stuff on the field. So uh, you got to be able to push push through it. Um, you're going to hit a little bit of a log because you're not seeing any competition except for some 707 stuff, which kind of re-energize you as far as that's concerned. But you got to be able to push through that log and uh, just, just kind of have tunnel vision, man, you know, seeing what's the goal and, uh, and kind of enjoying that, that process and that grind. How big is seven on seven for you guys, bro? And I look at it and, you know, you could tell me your thoughts, certainly, but I think it's going to be doubly important for your defensive backs more, more so maybe than anything, because you guys have some young DBs, man, uh, Joao and, you know, Jakias and, you know, Andraven and it's all some kids that are very young, uh, but they're very talented and skilled as well. feels like it's going to be a big summer for those guys to get ready. Yeah. I know when you talk to a lot of coaches, it's probably 50, 50, you know, um, a lot of people, you know, not really what they do. Um, some coaches like it. You know, for us, uh, being being that we really 50-50 and what we do offensively and, I, and a lot of teams we play are in the spread, I think you got to be able to defend the pass. So I, I like it because you can, um, you know, sharpen up some things that, that's got to go on offensively and, uh, and defensively, you know, with some coverages and seeing maybe what works and what doesn't work, you know, and try to fine-tune some things going into the fall. Um, so I enjoy it. I know, I know I, I like the competition aspect of it. Um, you know, and the, and the kids do too, man. It's a chance for them to get out there and compete, um, you know, and get better. We, we got, we got them in a um, tournament at Southeastern on uh, June 9th that, uh, we're going to go up and, uh, and, and compete, man, in a little tournament and kind of see how we do. And uh, when I told them they were, they were fired up, you know, they look for any little chance to get out there and compete. So I think it's good on that end as well. Um, just can't lose sight man it's important you can't lose sight of the physicality of things um you know collision and routes or most importantly with the run game you know you got to be able to run the football and stop the run so we make sure then big boys don't get lost in the shuffle and we do uh you know incorporate uh you know some run game stuff throughout the summer just so when you get back in the fall as you know you had the number through the ball you forgot how to you know take your zone steps and your power steps as a running back or as a quarterback so we build it in as well because that's obviously that's equally important if not more important one of the things that I thought was so interesting about your spring game is that I think that one of the biggest things was that whenever you guys mentally realized and understood, hey, we're every bit as good as these guys, it kind of locked in. They, they scored some on you early. And then I really go back to the first 10-play uh, uh, session that their first offense had. They scored like three times in the first five plays. But then the last five plays, you guys fought back. And it's almost like, a light bulb went off at that moment where you guys, you know, made that first tackle for a loss or, you know, bottled up that running back, took a better pursuit angle. Felt like mentally the kids were just like, okay, like this is no big deal. How big of it is that, you know, those kids are young and they just needed to believe that they belong to that level. Yeah. You know, I think you said it, said it perfectly. It's a lot of young kids and, um, you come off a little bit of a rough season, um, where we struggled and, uh, they needed to see, they needed to get some confidence, you know? And I think, once they saw, well, you know, dang, if I do do this, you know, I can't make the play. You know, I thought I, 
I'm with you, man. I, I thought I saw the light bulb kind of go off. And um, when that happened, I thought the energy, you know, followed along as well, which was, which was good to see. Um, yeah, look, you got to be able to see it work, man. I remember when I first got it, we had a little, you know, some success. And talking about the buy-in, man, kids are really buying in. But a big part of it is you can try to sell them a dream, but they got to see it work. You know, it's uh, they got to they got to see it to really be bought in. And I think that was good to see at the end of the spring. It, it kind of clicked for them, and uh, we finished strong. And hopefully, look, man, I carry that into to the to the summer in the fall and. You can't, you know, a big thing we stress is you can't come out and feel people out, right? You can blink and be down 21. You got to come out and trust in yourself, believe in your process and what you've done, and, and be confident in what you're doing and come out and play hard from, from the get-go and, and not, you know, wait a quarter or two. When do you start looking at your first opponent? Uh, because, you know, I, I heard Brian Kelly speak the other day, and he was, you know, saying, hey, we're already looking at some Florida State stuff and trying to scheme and trying to game plan. Now, it's a little bit different. The LSU football staff is probably a hundred people deep, and they got analysts, and they've got you know two position coaches at every position. You know, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but when do you start looking at St. Edmund and maybe putting in that tape and watching last year's matchup and trying to figure some things out? Yeah, look, I know for us, um, we we focus a lot on ourselves in the summer to try to get better at what we do. Um, you know, as far as the summer's concerned. Pretty much when we get into school around that early August mark, we'll uh, coaches wise, we'll start looking at some stuff from last year. Um, you know, as, as far as a week one opponent goes, you only really get in a scrimmage in a jamboree. Uh, so I know as far as we go, and I, I can't speak on behalf of other coaches around in the area, but we'll 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 take three, four, five games from from the previous year, um, and, and look at that as well. You know, if the coordinators are the same. Uh, head coach is the same, you know, chances are they, they're probably going to do something similar, uh, except the personnel is different. So we'll look back, you know, three, four, five games from the previous year to get a feel on how they defend certain stuff and how they play, you know, situations um, down and distance, things of that nature. And then we'll look at the scrimmage uh, and, and a lot of the jamboree to kind of get personnel to see, uh, you know, who who's back, who's not, um, you know, and, and where they're strong or where we see maybe we can attack a little bit. So that's kind of our angle of attack. Um, but in the summer, man, we, we just focusing on ourselves, trying to get better. And then probably around that first week of school, we'll start looking at some St. Edmund stuff. Last question for you. Uh, you got Coach David McCormick into the program. I actually saw him watching the South Terrebonne scrimmage the other day. And he was telling me, man, I love it there. I love working with the guys. And I really think it creates a really interesting mix because a lot of your staff is younger, yourself included. But you got a couple of old school guys in there as well, Coach McCormick being one of those. And it just creates a good balance, man. He, he's come in, and I've already been a big fan of, of Coach McCormick even before he got to South Lafouche. But he's, he's fit in really nicely, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Look, and you're skeptical, man. When you when you bring people in, you know, you really want to kind of make sure they fit. Because when you got a you know, good thing going, you hate to throw in a wrench that, that kind of throws it off. Um, but, look, I, I knew as soon as I talked to him, he, go, he, he would fit right in. Um, it's great having guys around that, that's been doing it for a long time um, when certain situations present itself or, you know, just asking advice on certain certain deals. And, um, you know, he brings a lot of knowledge to the game, and it's good to have him around. And I know Bryce likes to lean on him a lot uh, with, with some scheme stuff and helping out, man. He's seen everything there is to see. Um, and most importantly, man, the kids love him. You know, he, uh, he's got a lot of energy, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of fire. 
and uh, they, they feed off of that, man. I had kids coming to me talking about certain drills they were doing that's making it easier to read, you know, to go back with the pulling guard or, or the squeeze and scrape. And, you know, it's good, man. I, I think he's a great addition to the staff, and, uh, you know, I hope he hangs around. For sure. Well, Coach, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy your family day, brother, and we appreciate you spending a little bit of it with us, all right? Oh, man, no problem, man. Thank you. Yep, there's B.J. Young with South Bush High School doing an excellent job, as always. Um, the, you know, you can't underestimate how important what he's doing today is, right? We talk about these guys, and they watch film, and they're coaching, and everything in between, right? You can't underestimate how important it is that he's spending a day out in Homa with the boys, and it sounded like the wife was maybe in the truck, and they're having a good time, and um, that's invaluable. You got to have some of that because if not, you're going to burn out. And those guys work hard. Those gals work hard. And to be able to have that opportunity to hang out and relax and just lay low and just be a dad and whatever it may be, you can't underestimate how important that is. So I was super happy to hear that he was able to get away, man. <laughs> I turned the huddle off for a second. Get away. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to finally get our mailbag. I know I teased it. Uh, before BJ came on, but we're going to get our mail back and we're going to get your questions answered. We'll be right back on KLEB. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Rev is creating the next evolution in communication. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. The next level in communications. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. Welcome to Rev. Learn more at letsrev.com. They say America doesn't make anything anymore. They say no one stands behind their products. They say nothing is built like it used to be. But they haven't met us. We are Mueller a family business building on 90 years of doing what they never could. Mueller Metal Roofs and Buildings. Made in America. Made to last. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Education. Prevention. Care. 
At Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute, we're committed to impacting future generations through promoting healthcare education and disease prevention. Our team specializes in athletic injury prevention and post-care, using the latest techniques to help athletes perform at their best and stay in the game or get them back in action. Discover more about how Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute provides healthcare for our community at tghealthsystem.com. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Meet our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thank BJ Young for the time. Want to thank Brandon Brown for the time. Two good calling guests today. Here on Play by Play. Now, uh, we spend some time with our listeners who send in some questions. We open up our mailbag. If you have a mailbag question for us at any time, I'm at Casey underscore Just Clear on Twitter. Just Clear Casey at gmail.com. I'm Casey Just Clear on Facebook. We're at Kaylee B Radio on both Facebook and Twitter. And we start off with a listener who wants to know Casey, would you throw Paul Skeens today or would you rest him if you're LSU? Um, I would throw him today um, because I would be nervous that if he didn't throw today, he wouldn't be asked to throw again until next Saturday. And then you're looking at like two whole weeks off. And then you start looking at rest and, and rust. And, and, you know, you start looking at a guy, you know, maybe you're developing a little dead arm because, you know, the calluses are kind of falling off a little bit. So I would throw him today. But what you don't do today is you certainly don't overextend them, right? Like you're not going to throw them 135 pitches, right? Next weekend, if it's the eighth inning and it's two to two and, and Skeens, like you're going to see Skeens throw 130 pitches if need be, right? Because that's what you would do in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> but today, you set a number, let's say 90, 95. Um, and when he reaches that number, he comes out, no questions asked. If it's in the sixth inning, he comes out. If it's you know in the fifth inning, he comes out. But you do get him the work, right? And you, you do keep him sharp and you keep him fresh. But, but if not, he's going to throw anyway. All right, You're not going to just tell him, hey, go take 16 days off and then come out and throw an NCAA tournament game. If you don't throw him in the SEC tournament, he's going to throw some bullpens or something somewhere. So if he's going to throw regardless, you might as well get some live fire. You might as well throw him against Arkansas. You might as well, um, you know, let him run out there in competition. So, yeah, I would throw him today. Listener wants to know, Casey, Seth Rollins or AJ Styles? Who you got? Um, I love them both. Um, I prefer AJ Styles when he's a heel. Right now he's not, so I'm going to lean towards Seth Rollins because I don't know what the hell he is. I don't know if he's a good guy, he's a bad guy. I don't know what the hell he is. I'll say this, though. If those guys are given the opportunity and the time and the right agent and the right people to put that match together, 
that could potentially be, be a match that WWE fans are talking about for a long, long time. That could be a match that WWE fans look back on and say, hey, that was one of the best matches that we've ever seen. Those are two of the best in-ring workers that the company has seen in a long time. Those are two guys that usually elevate their opponents. So how do you elevate an opponent who's already an A-plus? Oh, boy, we could go to a stratosphere there that we've not seen in a while. That could be a whole lot of fun, potentially. Casey, a listener, wants to know, will Nichols win the Southland Conference Baseball Tournament? Um, I sure hope so. I mean, I don't know definitively one way or another. I'll say this. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to hide the elephant in the room. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to mince words here, and if it upsets and it angers Nichols fans or whatever, I'm telling the truth. Playing 14 innings yesterday hurt. I mean, it did. Instead of burning a starter, you burned the starter, maybe one of your better relievers, maybe your clothes. Like, you burned a lot of inventory yesterday. It would have been a much more clear answer for me had they won in just nine innings because the Southland Conference Baseball Tournament is a test of longevity. At the end of the day, or the end of the week, rather, it's going to be the team that has the most pitching depth that is going to survive. It's going to be the team that has the most arms available on Saturday that's going to survive. And you, when knowing that you're going to already have to play maybe 36, 45 innings, whatever it may be in a short stretch of time, you can't afford to have to play a game and a half to win one game, Right? So I would feel much better about it had the Colonels just won a traditional nine-inning game yesterday. Now, with that having been said, they're not out of it, right? They're not out of contention. They're not done. You know, they're not, but they are a little bit behind the eight ball because of the extra innings that they had to play there. And that's that's just being realistic, right? There's there's no um negativity there. That's not, it's just being realistic. And I think if you ask Coach Mike Silva the same thing he obviously would give you the same answers that he would have much preferred to get out of that game sooner than what they did. Casey, what do you make of the new NFL kickoff rules? Um, For those of you who haven't been paying attention now, in the NFL, you could call a fair catch anywhere inside of the 25-yard line and get the ball at the 25-yard line. It'll now mirror the college fair catch rules. Remember in the NFL, we had changed the, the touchbacks to the 25 in years past. But teams were learning that, hey, if we could train our kicker to kick a high pop-up kick that's caught at the three, we'd go make a tackle before the 25-yard line and pin teams back in a hole. There have been some teams that were really skilled and really proficient at doing that, gaining some extra field position. Now that's no longer going to be in play. My thoughts are, um, if the NFL really doesn't want there to be kickoffs in the sport, then just get rid of kickoffs in the sport. Like, why are we going to such great lengths to water the play down to where it's going to be unwatchable? You know, just get rid like it, it, Roger and the competition committee, and like if you don't want them in, just get rid of them. You know, we we talked about hey, we're gonna change the extra points, move them further back because the NFL said the extra point was just a, a meaningless play. Oh, they make them 99.7% of the time or whatever. So, you know, that was just an opportunity for someone to get up and go get a sandwich or get up and go use the restroom. It was a waste play. 
Well, how is doing a kickoff that is now going to be a fair catch or a touchback every single time, how's that not a waste play? Uh, because to me, it is. <clears throat> Coaches are going to start instructing their guys, hey, just call for a fair catch. We're going to take it at the 25. And it's going to just be a play that you don't have to watch anymore. And if that's the case, then why are we even doing it? Right? That's my thought. Why are we even doing it? So I'm, I'm not, you know, whether we, whether I like the rule or don't like the rule, you know, whatever, I do know that the kickoff is a very dangerous play. And I do know that there are a lot of injuries. And I also know there are a lot of penalties and, you know, a lot of flags thrown. And there's nothing more frustrating than a guy breaking a return for a touchdown, but it comes back via pen, like all that. I get all that. But my take isn't whether or not I like or dislike the rule. It's more so why are we even having this play to begin? Why are we, if we want the play out of the sport, just get rid of it instead of watering it down to where it's illegal to physically do it. <clears throat> Casey, if you were starting an NBA franchise with any one player, who would you take and why? I've been asked this a couple of times in these mailbags, and I, I really think that it may be the same person asking the question. And it's just curious to hear if my answers are changing based on, you know, how the action of the NBA has changed. And I'll admit, my answer is going to change. Um, at one time, I would have said, like, Luka Doncic, like, you know, super young, triple doubles, you know, playing well. I, I'm going with I'm going with Jokic. Jokic is the guy that I'm going with. Um, I want everything that that dude does. He's not an elite defender guarding switches on the pick and roll. He's not um, maybe the most physical center that there is. But he rebounds. He could score at all three levels. And he's a brilliant passer. And I will know and have a lot of comfort if I have him on my team that if I surround him with the right role players and the right shooters and the right pieces, all of those guys are going to thrive and be the best version of themselves because Jokic is going to make them better. In the NBA, there are too many star players who don't make their teammates better. Look at Boston. Who the hell is Jalen, uh, not Jalen Brown, who the hell is Jason Tatum make better when you watch Boston play? Nobody. He's dancing at the top of the key, waiting for a screen. Like, doesn't make anybody better. He makes Jason Tatum better. Donovan Mitchell, a guy who I've said on this show, I think is the most overrated player of this generation. Wouldn't want him on my team for anything. He always loses in the first round of the playoffs. Why? Because he's going to go get his 35 on 30 shots, be inefficient, get you two assists, and he's going to lose. Not going to guard you at the other end. Donovan Mitchell is going to make Donovan Mitchell better. He's not going to make anybody else on his roster better. I want a star player who makes the guys around him better. Frankly, it's one of the reasons why I'm such a big James Harden fan. James Harden made Clint Capella into an all-star. Now that Clint Capella is not on his team anymore, Clint Capella is an afterthought. James Harden made Eric Gordon better. He's making Joel Embiid, but you think it's a coincidence that Embiid wins his first ever MVP right after Harden gets there for his first full season? 
and B got so much offense this year off of Harden. Harden led the damn league in assists. Who do you think most of those assists were to? He makes the guys around him better. P.J. Tucker maybe wouldn't even be in the NBA anymore if not for James Harden. Harden drilling those sharp passes to the corners, Tucker making threes. Makes the guys around him better. I want a star who makes the guys around him better. Jokic does that. He would be my pick. Casey, will LSU beat Florida State in the season opener for football? Um, man, this is... Without knowing how summer camp's going to go, it's hard to say, right? Because, look, it, it's summer camp. There's going to be somebody that's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to be suspended. Somebody's going to be ineligible. Both ways, right? Not just LSU. I'm not trying to say that only the LSU guys have this problem. You know, what if Florida State's missing an offensive lineman? Or, you know, there's so much that could change this. But just looking at the teams right now as they're constructed, I think LSU is going to beat them. I think the LSU offense is going to be able to run past the Florida State defense, much like they did in the second half last year. Remember, LSU lost, came from behind, but at the, the last 34 drives of that game, the LSU offense did whatever they wanted to do. Once Jaden Daniels settled down, calmed his nerves, once the LSU offensive line settled down, because that's another thing about the Florida State game last year. LSU hadn't shifted their offensive line to start the freshman yet. A move that frankly changed their season. Go back and watch that game. It'll play every once in a while on the SEC Network. Go back or, you know, YouTube it. Find some highlights on YouTube. Jaden Daniels was running for his life. A lot of people wondered, man, why... Why LSU's not given more of an opportunity to Miles Brennan? Remember that last year? Miles walks away from the team. The rumors are Brian Kelly told me he'd be the third string guy. A lot of people were wondering, like, why are they not giving Miles a chance? Then you go back and watch LSU play for the first one or two games of the year, maybe two, three games of the year, and you see why Miles didn't get a chance. Because with that offensive line early in the year, he would have gotten killed. If Miles Brennan would have started last year against Florida State, LSU wouldn't have scored a point. And it's nothing against Miles, right? He's got a big, powerful, strong arm, but it's just that he would have gotten sacked every single play. Whereas Daniels was escaping and running and he had 100 yards rushing, he was making things happen. Miles couldn't have done that. This year, the pocket should, knock on wood, be cleaner. Your offensive line is more experienced. Your offensive line is playing better now. With a cleaner pocket, the LSU receivers should be open. You should be able to have some semblance of a running game. And Florida State better score just about every time they get the ball. Because I think LSU is going to be able to move it on them pretty easily. Casey, will Beth Tarina survive out in Baton Rouge? That regional loss last weekend was somewhat embarrassing. Um. Let me think of the way to say it. Losing to Lafayette in softball, and notice I said Lafayette and not Louisiana because they are the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, losing to them in softball is not embarrassing. That's that's not the embarrassing part to me. Lafayette is very good. They've got a very good softball program. They always have. 
The embarrassing part to me was how LSU acted while losing to Lafayette. Every single time you get a base hit, the player's standing on the first base and they're dry humping the air and dancing and, and you're arguing with umpires. Your best player gets thrown out. I get the desire to be edgy because your women's basketball team just won the national championship being edgy. Sorry, I had to turn off the mics to sneeze. But here's the thing about what the women's basketball team did. It ain't cocky if you could back it up. If you do all the Angel Reese stuff and you talk trash and you dance and you hoot and you holler and you lose in the regional, it ain't it. Whether or not they bring Tarina back, I don't know. But I know next year you better make the College World Series if you're there because Woodward has drawn the line in the sand. This is no longer an athletic program that's going to be content to just be, eh, whatever. I think she'll be back, but I think that that seat is going to be burning going into next year. Casey, last question. Who's the most impressive team that you've seen so far locally this spring? Um, I got to preface this by saying that I think the two best teams in our area both didn't do spring. I think E.D. White and Vanderbilt are going to be the two best teams in our area. They both opted out of the spring practices. So that'll sort of water down the answer a little bit. And... So I could tell you, I saw South Lafouche, I saw South Terrebonne, I saw HL Bourgeois, I saw Patterson, I saw Thibodeau, I saw Terrebonne, and I saw McDonough 35. Didn't see any of the others. Of that crew, the most impressive team that I saw was Terrebonne. They've got big old 5A size. They've got big old 5A athleticism. They've got good energy. And I think that they're going to be able to make a step forward in the upcoming year despite playing in a brutally tough district and a brutally tough 5A. I think Tyler's doing a good job there. I think the players are bought in. I think the players want to be Terrebonne Tigers right now. I think the coaching staff there is doing a really good job of marketing their players. Every day you log on to Twitter and you see a different Terrebonne player who's gotten a scholarship offer from a different school. I think when the players see the actual pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and know, hey, if I work hard, if I commit myself to this, I can maybe go get my education paid for. I think when they see that, it makes a difference to them. So because of all of that, I would say Terrebonne. But again, I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that E.D. White is going to be the best team in the area. <clears throat> and Vanderbilt will be nipping at their heels. And I really believe that everybody else will be pretty far behind those lead two. Um, that's not to say that I think that everybody else in the area is bad. That's more so of me saying I think E.D. White and Vanderbilt are going to be two teams that can make a long run in the postseason. Vanderbilt has an SEC level running back, folks. That that matters. 
you have an SEC level running back and a good offense and defensive line, you're going to win a lot of games. E.D. White's got nine starters back off of an offense that was good enough to push them into the finals two years ago and good enough to push them to the semifinals last year. They're going to score a lot. And with the way that they historically play defense out there, if they score a lot, you're not beating them. So that's the answer. Terrebonne's the best one that I've seen, but I haven't seen them all. This Q&A segment went a little long here, so we're going to get to our betting picks now, and then we'll wrap up. We're one commercial break short, so I'm going to actually wrap up a little earlier to make up the break that we lost. Um MLB today, I like the Padres minus one and a half over the Nationals. Blake Snell throwing. I like the advantage there. Um, give me the Yanks minus 138 money line over the Orioles. Give me the, uh, let's see, give me the Phillies minus 106 money line over the Braves today with Nola throwing. Um, give me the Mariners minus one and a half run line over the Athletics. The Athletics are just frankly not very good. Tonight, give me Miami plus eight over Boston. I think Boston might win, but eight points is a whole lot. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, give me Kevin Love over five and a half points. Uh, today, I think Love's going to make a couple of three-pointers, and I think that that'll be how that cookie crumbles today out in that series. Let's wrap up today. I want to thank everybody for listening. It was a good show. Tomorrow is, what day, Friday, so it means we're going to have Chandler on. I know we've already got a commitment from Butch. Over at Homer Christian School, Coach Butch Terrio will join us tomorrow at noon. Chandler at 11.45. And we'll try to get Damien at 12.15. So we've got a busy show lined up and planned. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Casey just got wrapping up, wishing you all a wonderful rest of the day. May God bless you all. Take care. We'll be back tomorrow. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community.